So often this may feel like it's a time of less, not of more. It may feel like it's a time where we're giving up so much and losing a lot. But isn't it wonderful that we can say more? Because we've got a good, good father, we can say more, Lord, more. And there's always more in his presence for us. So I want to encourage you. If you may be feeling today like it's a time of less and how much you've lost, can you come and just can we pray together and say more, Lord, more of you, Father, more of the goodness that you have for us. So right there where you are, it may be feeling like the world is pushing in on you, but let's declare today more, Lord. So can I pray with you and just ask the Lord for more, more of him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you're a good, good father. And because you're a good father, we can say more, Lord. And we want to shout it today. We want to, we want to declare it more, Lord. Your mercies are new every morning. There is more than enough for us. You're a, you are abundant in your grace and in your provision. And therefore, I declare it over every household, every family, every person joining us on, in this service today. I say more, Lord. And I proclaim your more in our lives. And thank you, Father, for your goodness. We, we love you so much. Thank you for being with us and being present in our homes and in every space where we are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us in this service today. And I want to thank you again, just from the bottom of my heart. We are so amazed at the faithfulness and the generosity of this community. Hatfield South, Hatfield East, you just keep on giving financially and helping us to do the work that we are needing to do in this time. So thank you so much for honoring the Lord, paying your tithes and giving your offerings. And right now it's another opportunity to worship the Lord from that which he's provided for you. So once you get ready, what you want to give, as we always do, you can either pay into the bank account or you pay through the snap scan that comes on your screen, the QR code that you can scan. If you're in Hatfield South, then please give to Hatfield South's bank account or use their QR code as it is on the screen. If you're watching the feed from Hatfield, then you'll see the Hatfield bank account and the Hatfield QR code. So please use that opportunity right now. And I know many of you, most of you give at other times during the week. And thank you for doing that. And uh, we are just really able to do so much in helping and supporting people. And, and so much of it is because of your faithfulness and generosity. So bless you in your giving. Won't you get ready to give right now? Thank you for giving. Today, we're going to share communion together. And I trust that you've got the elements ready right there in your home. And I'm privileged to have Pastor Letzolo and Sean with me this morning to join me in sharing communion. And guys, I, I must say, I'm, I feel a bit of providence of the Lord that we can share communion together today. Amen. Um, we, we're living in a time where there's much that is pushing and pulling people apart from one another. Not only social distancing, physical distancing. There's economic realities. We've also been seeing what's going on in the, in the States, for instance, at the moment, mm. and uh, how those communities are struggling and they're fighting with the injustice and the pain that communities are feeling at this time. And those are real things. But it's therefore all the more that I'm so thankful that we can come and gather around communion today. That as the church of the Lord Jesus, as long as we keep Jesus in the center, we can deal with the problems of this world and we can deal with our own sin, but we don't have to be pulled apart. Yes. We can be brought together. And uh, when we share communion today, I want you to also in your homes as families, let the communion be a moment of togetherness. 
Communion is a yeah. community event. It's not an individual thing. We can do it individually. That's no problem. But by and large, it's for communities. And it's something that brings the community together. And when we break the bread, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of my body that was given. And, and I know it speaks about his physical body, but it does remind me today also that we are the body of Christ. That we have one head. And we are many members and we're different. We come from different backgrounds. But in Jesus, we are one body. And I'm so thankful that we can share that together, that we can break bread together. Now, we have to do it with social distance in mind. So we've each got our own elements and we can't pass on elements and share it like we, we would normally do. But it's a privilege to do that and to, to, to share the body of the Lord Jesus and to drink the cup together. And Jesus said, when we drink the cup, it speaks of his blood. That is there to cleanse us of our sin. Yeah. And for us as Christians, in times like this, when we face these difficulties in the world, it's always important to remember that the real issue, the real problem is sin. It's not a problem between people. It's a problem between us and God. That's where it all stems from. That's where it all comes from. There's no difference between us in terms of sin. We all are sinners. No matter what our background what our race, what our culture, we all are sinners and thankful that the Lord Jesus has come and cleansed our sin with Amen. his blood. Amen. And we are united in that even, that we are forgiven and washed clean by the blood of Jesus. So won't you get your elements ready and we're going to share communion, the three of us together here today. And uh, as you get ready, I'm going to ask Pastor Letzolo, he's going to pray for us and lead us into the communion at this time. And then you're going to share communion and, and we're going to share it. So... Pastor Letzolo, why don't you pray for us? Thank you, Pastor Louis. I think we may also just go and grab our... Yes, let's do that. Let us pray together. Lord, we are reminded of the sacrifice that you gave for us. That even this morning, Lord, we are reminded of the body that was broken so we may be healed. And we thank you for the blood that was shed so our sins may be washed away and that we may be pure in your sight. Father, thank you that with these elements we are reminded that you died so we can be together in you. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, that you restore a relationship with us, with God, and with others around us. And we thank you, Father, Lord, that you love us and you want the best for us. And so I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as we drink, may it be in remembrance of all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Please, won't you have communion together in your homes? Amen. Well, it's a real great privilege for me to have these two guys with me today that are colleagues of mine and we work together and serve the Lord. And uh, for those of you that may not know, uh, Letzolo Pelesi is one of our pastors at Hatfield. He's also a person that's very involved 
with helping people uh, in financial difficulties and counseling and just giving advice to people around finances. It's something close to his heart. Yeah. So I've asked him and to help me in, in the topic that we're going to cover today to, to speak with, in, include that also, but he's also a pastor and, and, and will be helping me in, in delivering this message today. And then Dr. Sean, Sean Joint, who is the hub facilitator of our, uh, our care hub and uh, Hope Center is part of that. And he oversees that where our, our counseling and, and prayer ministry and support for people happens uh, through all the difficulties and challenges they go through in emotional and, and all the other problems. And, and he's going to join me and, and share with me this message today. And what we really want to talk about today is, is, and the title of the message is, How Well Are You Doing? How Are You Doing? And uh, I often ask that question to people now, how are you doing? And I mean it because it's important for us to have a sense of how are we doing? I want to know how I'm doing. Uh, I need to check up on myself the whole time that I'm doing well. But I also want to check up on you. And uh, we together want to come and say, how are you doing? And uh, we want to talk particularly today about our personal, perhaps a bit more emotional well-being and also our financial well-being. And how can we do well during a time like this? And it's it's, it's something worthwhile talking about yeah. because God's yeah. so highly interested in that. He's invested. The scripture talks so much about our well-being. Yes. And yes. that's part of the reason Jesus came, yes. is so that we can come into his kingdom and that we can have life, as Jesus said it, life and life in abundance. Yes. Um, and that includes our emotional well-being, our personal well-being. And, and our financial yes. well-being. And, and so that's what we want to share a bit today. And, and to do that, we've taken a portion of Scripture that uh, I think is familiar to many of us. And uh, we want to talk about it and just use that as a foundation as we share some principles and thoughts just from our own experience and from our own learnings and helping people in these spaces. Uh, and the Scripture that I was referring to is from 2 Kings 4, verse 1 to 7. And it's the amazing, well-known story of Elisha that meets this widow that is in a desperate place and that asks for help and uh, where he helps her through the oil that multiplies. Mm. And this is a great miracle. Mm. I think it's every amazing. one of us yeah. have been encouraged through this story, in, by whether it's somebody preaching about it or just reading it and sharing it with one another. And I think anybody that knows the story will find great encouragement. Yeah. In it yes. because, and I think partly it's because it's such a real world scenario. Mm. It's so relatable for me. This is a real story yes. of a real person that went through an amazingly difficult yeah. time. Mm. And how the prophet came and helped her. And when we look through the story, we see such principles at work of how he helped her in the totality of her person. Mm. And that's the, the points I'd like us to pick up on today. So let's read verse 1, and then we're going to just unpack it a bit and share some, some of our thoughts with each other and, and with you. Um, so 2 Kings 4 verse 1 says the following. I'm reading from the NIV. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his, creditors, his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. So here's a woman dealing with a trauma of losing a husband, very emotional, very real loss, sense of loss. Yes. And I think we can relate to that. Um, we're seeing loss of life all over the world. Yeah. We're starting to see the numbers in our own nation escalating, the realities of that, mm. not only COVID-19. We've all, you know, I've known a number of people that have passed away during this time also. And it's difficult because you, the funerals are complicated. There's a real sense of loss that we have. 
And even the positive things. I know you've got a wedding happening in your family soon. Yeah. And even that is a difficulty. <laughs> There's a sense of loss in that celebration. Yeah. Because you can't celebrate the way you want to and yeah. would normally have done. Yes. And uh, have had to postpone and move and, you know, all of that stuff. So, so here's a widow with a real sense of loss. Now, you add to that sure. financial difficulty. Yeah. Not only is she having to deal with the loss of a loved one, her, her oh. husband, yeah. her, her provider... She's now in financial difficulty. And not just that she doesn't have, she's going to lose her home and possibly her children because mm. of the custom of the day. Yes. They'd be sold into slavery to yeah. pay off her debt. Mm. So she is under severe stress yeah. and pressure, yeah. this lady. Yeah. And, and she sees the prophet and she cries out. Yeah. And it's like any of us that would in a situation like that. And I mean... You may not be a particularly religious person. You may not be a church-going person. You may not claim to be a Christian. But I promise you, the most people that are the furthest away from calling themselves followers of God in difficult times cry out to God mm -hmm. and say, Lord, I need your help. I, this is beyond me. I need you to do something for me. Mm -hmm. And this is what this lady does. She says, uh, the creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Mm -hmm. She cries out to God in a very, very real, traumatic way problem yeah now how does the prophet help her that's the part that gets to me that's interesting mm. how he cares for her and helps her and from the word go what i find interesting and i'm sure sean you you would have seen this in in when you having to through counseling uh, at the care center at the hope center how you have to help people what he does here is from the big word go he involves her mm. he doesn't come and be the hero for her and solve her problem Mm. And say, don't worry, I've got to eat. From the word go, he involves her. Yeah. Because this is what the scripture says. How can I help me? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Mm. What do you have? What, what have you got to contribute to bring to this situation? Now, typical, her response is, your servant has nothing here at all. She feels like so many of us does when mm. we go through financial mm. or trauma. I've got nothing to give. I've got nothing to contribute. Mm. But then she remembers and she says, except a small jar of olive oil, which is, I can understand why she didn't say that that was something that, because it's, it's minuscule. It, mm. it can't solve the problem. Mm. But she had to give the little she yeah. had. Isn't that the same when you go through a time of helping people in emotional struggles that they go through? Hmm. No, no, that, that's what happens. So the first thing when I'm thinking of her losing a husband, um, that trauma of loss or grief, and we know that there's five stages. So she works through that first thing of denial. I can't believe this is happening. Maybe the stage of bargaining. God, if only this, I might have had a better situation. He might be alive. And maybe anger. How could you take him? He's my provider. You know, and then the fourth stage, maybe depression. I have nothing to offer, nothing to give before she's going to get to, as we see in the story, the new normal. And maybe even the, the latest in the five stages now ex expanded to six meaning. What's the meaning of all this? Yeah. So she's dealing with this loss. Yeah. And uh, when we're counseling people, one of the things we listen to them when they're going through extreme grief and loss is what is the little bit of hope that they have? What is that one segment? So we really are doing the same as the prophet saying, what do you have? Yeah. What is that one little nugget of hope that you have? Yeah. And we work with that. Yeah. yeah. And even financially, isn't yes. it the same principle? Yeah. I think um, one of the key things is that sometimes we only look that we have such little. Yeah. But the, the fact is that the, the biggest question is what is actually in your hand?
And a lot of people do not look at what's in their hand. They always want to look at something from outside to help them within. Yeah. But actually, what is in their hand is very important because it shows that the Lord has already provided us mm. with something. Yeah. All of us have something yeah. to offer. Yeah. And when we offer to the Lord, that's when He can multiply. But none of us can come before the Lord empty-handed. There's yeah. always yeah. something yeah. in our hand to give. I'm reminded of a story from uh, Charles Spurgeon. He's a well-known, old, famous preacher. He was invited to come and preach in this church. The church was, was in a lot of debt. And when he was invited to come and preach, the letter from the guy who wrote it said, uh, Charles, when you come over, you can choose to stay at any three of my houses. You can stay at the house in the coast. You can stay at the house maybe in Water Lake, or you can stay at the house in Wood Hill. You can stay anywhere of those three houses. And then Charles Spurgeon replied and he said, no, I won't come. Sell one of the houses and settle the debt sure. for the church. Because, sure. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. because of he was saying, you already have the means mm. to do something about your situation. And so the Lord has already provided each one of us, no matter how little, yeah. the question is, do we give it to the Lord? Yeah. And do we allow him to speak to us on what we can do? And therefore we are able to move forward from there. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, she yeah. had to take a risk yeah? yeah, because she had that last little bit of oil to live off. Yes. And the prophet actually said to her, well, give me that. Yes. She had to step out and say, okay, yeah, instead of just focusing it, yeah. on my survival, I'm going to have faith and trust that something more is possible. Yes. And, and, and I think that's that when we feel like we're struggling, we so often want to just life. It's like it closes in around us and we, we just feel like I can only handle a little. Mm. I can't do mm. more. Mm. Yes. Uh, but therein we, we let go of the miracle. It's survival mode. That's, survival yeah, exactly. mode doesn't get you to a place of generosity or yeah. giving, which allows for multiplication. Yeah, yeah. you, you sort of want to just get to that place of security and, and just control. Mm. Uh, and here he says, no, you've got to step out. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to give me what you've got. Yes. And, and that's amazing. It's, it's interesting when he starts off with the verse. It says, um, my husband, your servant, yeah. is dead. The husband was supposed to be the one responsible for covering the family and making sure that they are well looked after, even when he will no longer be there. Yeah. Which says that even when we are in ministry and we are responsible for our families as fathers or as people who are the breadwinners in our homes, we are still responsible. Yeah. Even yeah. When, we, when, when we die and we are in ministry, doesn't mean we are not responsible to make sure that our families yeah. are looked after. Amen. So that is a principle to take also. Yeah. Your, your servant, my husband, yeah. is dead. Yeah. The responsibility still lies with him yeah. to make sure that the, the provision of his family yeah. is taken care of. It's quite a big lesson for us to take. Yeah. And obviously this guy didn't do a great a good job. job. No. He was a servant of the Lord, but that didn't yes. mean he was financially wise. Yeah. No. And he left his family with yes. debt. Mm. Yes. Which... Mm. I mean, and, and we don't know, perhaps something happened in their life, you know, how many hard on him, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. You know, it's not an yes. ideal situation. Maybe it was a COVID-19 thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, don't we don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> what happened, but it, he's, he's in a difficult, they, they're in difficult space. Yeah. So, okay. So the first thing he did is he involved her in solving this problem. Mm. Yeah. He didn't push her aside. And that to me speaks about the Lord's heart towards our dignity. Yes. That yes. even when the Lord comes and does something for us, he always makes us part of it because that builds us up. 
like you said, she may be in a state of depression. She's depressed. She's down. Mm -hmm. She's struggling. She's survival mode. Mm -hmm. He picks her up yeah. and says, no, no, there's more to life than that. And he, and he, because he involves her and does the miracle through her hands. Yes. He doesn't do the miracle and she's a spectator. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, how much of a difference that makes yeah. when you know the miracle happened through, mm -hmm. through your engagement. Mm -hmm. Yes. She couldn't have solved the problem. That was only God could solve the problem, but she had to be involved. Yes. And that to me is amazing. Incredible. Doesn't it remind you of the time with Jesus and the disciples, the breaking of the bread and the fish? Yeah. I yes. mean, the miracle's happening, but the multiplication's taking place in their hands. Yes. They're participating in this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it even if you look the golden thread throughout the Bible, God always includes us yes. in the processes. Yes. Yeah. God always includes us in the miraculous. Mm. He always wants to partner with us. Mm. And that's the key thing is that are we available to partner with him? Yes. The yes. issue is that our availability and yeah. our belief and faith in him yeah. is what gets us to partner with him. Yeah. Because you could have easily said, no, I don't think yeah. I can do anything with you regarding my, my oil. But she allowed it. It yes. means she voluntarily contributed and agreed. Yeah. Engaged. She, she engaged yeah. and had faith that yeah. she can actually do this. Yeah. So God partners with those that are available. Yeah. Are you available? Yeah. And, and it continues in verse 3 to 4. He says, Elijah said to her, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. <laughs> Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to the one side. Mm. So again, he says to her, now you have to do something. Mm. What you have to do is go ask your neighbors for Tupperware. <laughs> Go and look for for containers, Absolutely. you know, that, yes. that that you can use. Yeah. So even this miracle that happened for this lady and her sons didn't happen just Isolated. in their own space. Yeah. It was a community miracle. Yes. And and it makes me think of so often when we are in a time of desperate need, it's so easy to feel isolated. And I always talk about this. It's one of the big lies of the enemy that he makes us feel like we're alone. Mm. Mm. And she could have been there in her house with her sons feeling it's just us. And we are busy dying here. We are losing, you know, our hope. And nobody cares. Nobody's with us. And this miracle couldn't have happened in this way if the community didn't come and help her. Yeah, involved. weren't yeah. involved. Yeah. They had to be involved. And she had to step out and almost deal with the embarrassment. That's it. And to say, look, I'm going to go and ask my... Because now, if they knew she was in financial difficulty, they were taking a risk in lending her well, their Tupperware. Thing, Tupperware is it? not cheap, you know. <laughs> yeah. Tupperware is expensive. So. And would she return it or would she sell it? Yeah, exactly. And the main thing in South Africa about Tupperware... You always want it back. Yes. <laughs> it must be returned. Yeah. It's not the two liter ice cream container no, that you no, don't no, mind no. sending off. You always want it back. <laughs> but my view on Tupperware is it's community owned. Okay. Because all of us have Tupperware in our cupboards. That's so, not ours. Yes, yes. <laughs> it belongs to somebody. Someone it just sort of moves Google. around. Pastor <laughs> Louis, take it back. <laughs> it doesn't have a name on. I don't know. <laughs> but we're getting sidetracked by the Tupperware. But, you know, so she had to step over the embarrassment. Yeah. And that's a big thing because so often when we go through difficulty, and I think even especially in financial difficulty, we feel embarrassed. Mm. Mm. So, and we don't want people to help us. Yes. And then, that's, then the enemy can kick us because he's got us on our own. Yeah. And here the prophet makes her, in a sense, yeah. step out yes. and go and involves the community. Yes. 
And how important is community in our well-being, financially and personally, emotionally? How important is community? I think it's one of the reasons why in, in Hatfield we we encourage so much community groups. Yes. Because in community groups, that's where you, you get the support, um, the prayers. Mm. Some, some people even contribute financially to assist you. But when you're on your own, it becomes very difficult. Um, in the community group, if you happen, let's say you lose your job, somebody else might know mm. someone that can connect you and you can, you can yeah. get a yeah. job, you know? Yeah. And so in community groups is where we see most of life happening, yeah. people people caring one another. And that's what the body of yeah. Christ is about. It's about yeah. each other together, walking this journey and encouraging one another through the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it takes place. So it goes even beyond finances. It yeah. goes emotional. It's Life. It mm. goes into our our well-being in terms of family. Every aspect of our lives gets touched when we are part of the community groups, and so that I've seen goes a long way. I'm sure you've been encouraging people during yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. So what we've been doing, and I, I'm thinking the story of when you have a fire, whether it's charcoal or wood, uh, the quickest way to to let something get cold is by taking one of the coals and putting it to the side, yeah. and then it dies. So when it's connected, it stays warm. Yes. So when we counsel folk. We, we normally at the end of the journey would say, okay, so how can you get slotted mm. in? Yeah. And we would try and connect them with a pastor or a community group because that's just a part of the journey. Yeah. Discipleship, yeah. whole life discipleship is yeah. the, the main focus. Yeah. And so that's very important community, yeah. very, very important. Yeah, Michael, our cameraman today, just told me the story about two of the members of their community group that got jobs during the time of COVID-19. Wow. That were jobless Praise before God. the time. And they've been praying and trusting the Lord. And isn't that amazing? Yes. And that's yes. what God can do. But how amazing must it have been when this miracle happened that the community around her, her neighbors, also celebrated yes. the miracle yeah. because they were part of it. Yes. And perhaps the one that said, I'll give her one container, but keep one, felt, oh, sorry, I should have given her all my containers <laughs> because there would have been more oil. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it was a community miracle. I can just imagine getting my Tupperware back. And this was the one that had the miracle in it. Yeah. And trying to test it for myself and see, <laughs> see if I pour if it will not end. No, no, the key thing, I, I hope she did that, that she would retain it with some oil in it. Yes. You know? yes. To say thank you. To say you. thank you. I think that's one of the key things, yeah. when, to be able to say thank you. Yeah, very good. To, yeah. Yeah. But that's a big two part for me of the scripture. We must remember the Bible was not written to individuals. Very true. It was written to a community. Very true. Old Testament to the Jewish community, the community of Israel, New Testament to the community of the mm. New Testament mm. believers, mm. which we are part of today. Yeah. And, and what the stories happens in community. So that's fantastic for me. Let's go on to the next verse, verse 5 to 6, the next portion. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Mm. Then the oil stopped flowing yeah amazing that the prophet interestingly he didn't he wasn't there yeah. in mm. the room with them yeah. he said to them you go the miracle's going to happen with you because and at, at, at last week was pentecost and we each received the holy spirit the, the, which is the oil yeah. and the miracles that can happen in our own lives in our own households we may need somebody else to let us step into the miracle to almost set us up for the yeah. miracle. But the miracle happens in our lives. And God does it here yes. uh, in, in our families and in our space. Mm. God does a miracle. Her and her sons, they're locked in the room yes. and they're starting to pour. And I can imagine the, the first bit of oil they poured in the jar and they thought, oh, what are we doing here? This yeah, is a bit, yeah. feels a bit silly. You know? <laughs> okay. 
But then realizing, okay, this there's still oil in the glass and the jars full. Yes. What's going on? Imagine the excitement that was yeah. growing in that room mm. as they saw this miracle happen. Yes. A very practical miracle. Yes. Very real miracle. Mm. A tangible miracle. Yeah. And I love that about how God cares for us, that yeah. his miracles are practical. Mm. They're real. They, they make a difference. Mm. They're not, you know, I, I know there's airy-fairy things that happen and, you know, all these wonderful things. But God's miracles make a difference. They do. They're real, mm. you know. We can all testify of yeah. the miracles of God in our mm. lives, can't mm. we? Yeah. And point to real things that happened. Mm. And, you know, I think of, Natasha has always taught me, for instance, when I go to visit somebody um, that's had a loss of a loved one and I go do the home visit, she, she says to me, when you get there, she taught me that go and wash their dishes. Help them with a practical problem because that helps them feel like life's doable. Yeah. It gives them a sense of, and that you're with them. Yes. And, and this is what I see, a very practical God, practical ministry yes. happening. And um, have, have you, you know, from your perspective, Sean, in terms of people's emotional well-being, just how practical do we need to get with people and help them in this time? Well, I think um, the one of the things we need to remember is that we are uh, beings that are not one-dimensional. So I, I sometimes go back to this thing of um, Luke 2.52, Jesus green wisdom and stature before God and man. Yeah. So wisdom is what is my mental health? Mm. Stature, what is my physical health? Mm. God, what is my spiritual health? And my, man, what is my social health? And just like uh, these chairs have four legs, it's important that each of them are being growing at the same time and they're balanced, else we topple over. So in this case, when there's these situations, try and encourage people to look at where's the area I can grow in. Yeah. You know, maybe you're suffering from depression, but if it's possible to go for a short walk, great. Yeah. You know, there's a physical fresh air in that. Maybe you feel you, you can't even do that, but your friend knows about it and they give you a WhatsApp video call and you see their face, and just seeing their face. Mm. You don't have to give a lot of words, just being there. Mm. It's that kind of emotional support we need. So this is very practical. And, and I think with finances practical. also, yeah. you know, I, I'll be honest with you, most of the financial miracles that I've seen God in my life, I've had to practically do things mm. yeah. to be part of that miracle, like yeah. a budget, for instance. Like the budget. I know you're big on, a, on the idea of a budget. Yes. If you have to sit down and you look at, look at, your, own, at your own budget and uh, you realize that in the times we're living in, certain things have changed. Mm -hmm. And maybe during the lockdown, the Lord has been saying some things or he's been showing you that things need to change in your finances. This is the time, this is the opportunity to look in that and say, perhaps these things, these things that are that I thought were essentials, they're no longer yeah. essentials. These these are luxuries. These yeah. things need to change so that I can be in a better place. Once yeah. the lockdown is, is lifted, then we are able to yeah. go back to work. Then we can do our finances uh, differently. And maybe there's an opportunity to introspect, assess, mm. adapt, adjust, yeah. Do what's necessary so you can be in a better place. Mm. And maybe you are sitting there and you are thinking, ah, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Well, James chapter 1 verse 5 uh, encourages us that we must ask the Lord for wisdom mm. and he will give it to us without finding fault. The Lord is able to give us the wisdom necessary yeah. for us to be able to implement the decisions that we have and the Holy Spirit is with us mm. to assist us to, to carry it through. So yes. I believe, uh, Pastor Louis, that in this time, people will be in a much better place who have made decisions mm. to do things differently because the Lord has highlighted it for yeah. them to yes. do differently. Yeah. So just as we're chatting, uh, one thing that came up, and I haven't seen this before, 
the symbolism between this event in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, they're behind closed doors in the upper room. They're behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pouring out the oil. It's multiplying tongues yeah. of fire yeah. on their yeah. heads. Beautiful. There's the selling, the, the spreading, clear, um, paying off the debt, living off. Yeah, Peter preaches and 3,000 yeah. are led to the Lord in one yeah. day. So this, it's such a beautiful type of a New Testament experience. Yeah. For them. Amen. And, Amen. And another thing that I like there, it's not the, the, the prophet pouring. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not the prophet pouring the oil yeah. and giving it to her. Yeah. She is a participant mm. yeah. in her well-being. Yes. She yeah. is involved. Yeah. And it encourages us that we are to be involved, engage yeah. in what the Lord has said to us. Yes, yeah. She was pouring until it yeah. was all full and the prophet was never to be seen yeah. Yeah. again. Yeah. And that for me is a big thing to say. In every part, yeah. the Lord wants us one-on-one, -on -one, mm. not yeah. through yeah. other channels, not through anywhere. Yeah. He wants us available. Are we able to be there? Yeah. yeah. It speaks to me of our discipleship, doesn't it? Mm. Discipleship is not something I can farm out or, or, or pay somebody else to be a disciple on my behalf. No. I'm a disciple. I have to own it. Yes. And I, I sometimes, and I, we've all experienced it, people come to the pastor after the service and then they'll say, if the pastor can just pray for me, yeah. everything's going to be okay. If the pastor can just bless me, then everything's going to be fine. Mm. And it's awesome. It's a fantastic privilege to pray for people. But I always want to tell them, listen, my prayer and blessing alone may not change the situation. Yes. This may be where God is journeying with you and I can pray with you and I can bless the situation and play my part like the yes. prophet did. Yes. Yeah. But you have to go into your home and, mm. and practice what God has said and do the miracle. Do it, yes. Be the follower of Christ. That's good. Take the step of faith. Yeah. And, and it's that partnership, like I spoke about last week, it's not either or. Mm. Yeah. It's not either the prophet or the widow yeah. that made this miracle happen. It's the collaboration. Yes. It's the working yes. Yes. together. Exactly. And, and that's the thing that I find is so beautiful about the body of Christ mm. again. It's the together we have. Mm. In that. It's, it's like that budget. You, you are the one to fix it. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are the one Spend to adjust less, it. You save know? more. It's, yeah. it's your responsibility. Yeah. And there's something about working with the Lord that big part of it is that it's our responsibility. Yeah. The pastor comes, but he, he is in agreement with what you're trusting the Lord for. Yes. Yeah. Because where two or more agree, yeah. it shall be done for them. Yes. That's yeah. why he's coming in there. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's, it, whether it's a budget, which may in a financial situation when I'm in such a difficulty, feel like it's such a small thing to do. Mm. Or going for exercise when I'm feeling isolated, yes. depressed. Yeah. It may feel like it's such a small thing. Yeah. Like this, I only have a small little yeah. bit of work. Will it make a difference? But let me tell you, it's those little steps that may require discipline hmm. that begins a different momentum in You're your right. life. Financial crisis happens because of mostly a, a decline that happens over a period of time. Yeah, it's not instantaneous. Disciplines that are not applied, mm. emotional well-beings, disciplines that are not applied, mm. and then we start sliding down. One thing doesn't necessarily bring us back up to where we were financially. No. And, and, you know, that's what everybody trusts for. Play the lotto. Then one thing's going to happen and I'm going to be where I'm, you know. No. Generally, the same decline that happened, it's a, it's a, it's a process that yes. goes the other way. Yes. I have to start making, changing change. my decisions, change yes. my disciplines, change yes. my behaviors. And then things start. And by the Spirit of God, He, he can accelerate those mm. steps and help me. Yes. And yes. give me the strength to do those steps. Yeah. But it's very rare that you go down and then boom, there you are back yes. up again.
That's a very good point because I was thinking about it this week that um, I recall two incidents of Jesus walking on water, but I recall many incidents of him on a boat crossing the lake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so God can do a miracle, but the usual is using the natural laws and principles yeah. he's put into place. Yeah. Okay. So we want to get to the end of this and verse 7, which is obviously the, the, the point it all builds to. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Again, so he gives a real practical advice. Yeah. Hmm. He says, he basically helps us start a small business. Yeah. That's basically what he does. He says, yeah. listen, and I mean, what dignity involved with helping a person, yes. like say, listen, you can do this. Yes. You've, you've got something here. Hmm. God has done a miracle. Now take it the next step. And, and go and sell this oil, yes. and then you can pay off all your creditors. Then that problem's off your back. You don't have that stress anymore. Yes. And then you can live off the rest. Yeah. So God takes care of the total picture. But not only did he do a financial miracle. I mean, this changed her life. Yeah. Emotionally, yes. socially, yes. in yes. every way. Definitely. Her, her sons. Yeah. Their future. Their future. Yeah. Her future, too, if you think in those days, if you don't have a husband... You are yeah. gonna have to marry another one, yeah. Yeah. even though you don't, because you, your financial well-being depends on providing a provider, yeah. a husband. Yeah. And so now she didn't have to do yeah. that because her sons were there to sell to help her start the business. And um, I wonder, Pastor Lou, in this time, perhaps uh, when we are about to close, thinking of people that might be feeling that financially they are struggling. They might feel that, you know, at work, maybe there's retrenchments coming, mm. coming in now uh, where there's been loss of, of income, that, that the Lord will, will engage with them yeah. in, in, the, in their space mm. right there where mm. they are. Yeah. And we, we pray, you know, that the Lord will, will help them to, to get wisdom, to know mm. what to yeah. do, to, to help them to get employment, you know, things like that. They are real in our yeah. situation now. But, yeah. but the fact that the Lord can do it for her, yeah. The Lord can do it for all of us exactly. when we ask Him. Exactly. And, and, I, and I'm just thinking of this context now. Without a husband, uh, it reminds me in today's context, she's a single parent yeah. having to raise kids. Yeah. Um, she's had loss. And if, if I may say, just that's kind of where we see the community of uh, Grief Share, the course that we run yeah. through the Hope Center for someone who's lost mm -hmm. a loved one or single on parenting. If you're a parent, yeah. uh, single, raising a child on your own, uh, these are the kind of resources that we offer as a community yeah. to, to folk. Yeah. But and again, I want to come back to how beautiful this miracle is for me that it happened. Her sons were involved yes. mm. because that built a unit for them as a family. They mm. together overcame yeah. this problem. So it wasn't her that solved it and came back and said to the boys, don't worry, no problem. They felt the pain, yes. but they also felt saw the yeah. miracle. Yeah. And I think very that's good. very powerful in our families. Yeah. To they have a shared story. Mm. Yes. For the rest of their lives, these boys will will remember this yeah. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and I think that again speaks to me about God's care for our yeah. total. Yeah. He's got everything in mind. Mm -hmm. He amen. we we think we need one thing, and He comes and gives us seven things. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Because He's a generous Father. Yeah. He's such an amazing yeah. God. And uh, you know so. As we bring this message to a close, I trust that you've been encouraged. I want to thank these guys for, for joining me. And um, you're part of a community. Yeah. We're together. Mm. And I know people are getting irritated by people saying we're together in this, you know, COVID-19. But I want to take that. It's not just COVID. It's in all of life. We're in this together. Yes. And by the Spirit of God, we, we are encouraged and strengthened. I mean, we're feeling encouraged right now yes. just by sharing this together. So 
in your home or with your friends or however you're connecting, we always do this. We end with a few questions I'd like you to think through. So the first one is, what is your need? And um, I'm going to ask that, that you think about it a bit. What, what is it that you need? What is, this lady had a defined need. What is your need? Then, what needs your attention to improve your personal well-being? Yes. What have you got that you can grow in or be strengthened in so that your personal well-being can be increased? Do you need to do some more exercise? Do you need to reach out and have be part of a community group, connect with people? Do you need to attend a course? What, what is it? What is, but you have to do something. You have to step forward. And then what is in your hand to use towards a financial breakthrough if you need a financial breakthrough? What do you have that you may think is insignificant? What do you have that you can step out with and see a financial miracle happen? I'm going to close this service now and we're going to pray together. But I want to remind you that we are available to pray for you right now. Mm. And on the screen you'll see the, the different avenues that we will pray for you. There's the online church at hccs.online.church. There's people waiting to pray with you. You post a message there, they'll get to you. Or hatfield.online.church. Hatfield at the East is also adding today that you can actually be part of a Zoom call where you can dial in and face-to-face -face meet with somebody over a Zoom call and one of our team, uh, our pastors or our ministry team people will pray with you. It may take them a little bit of time to get to you, so just wait. There's a waiting room and they'll get to you and you can chat with somebody in that space also. So please make use of that. And If you don't have data and you can't use that, you're also welcome to send us an email when you can at uh, prayforme at Hatfield or prayforme at hccsouth.co.za. And... Um, but you'll see the details on your screen. So, but let's let's bring our time together. Sean, I wonder if you can pray for us and just mm. pray for us as a community and just for our strengths during this time. Sure. Thank you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this time that we could have together. Thank you, Jesus. And even though we are separated by distance, we are connected by technology. And your word says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in your midst. And you have met with us, God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You have met with us through your word. You've met with us by your spirit. Mm. And so we pray this week, Father God, as we reflect, as we meditate, as we pray through what we've heard today, may we identify by your spirit's guidance that which is in our hands, that little bit of oil, the five loaves, the two fishes, whatever it is we have. Yes. And may we offer it to you. And as you instruct us, like the prophet did to the widow, like Jesus did to the disciples, as we participate, as we engage God, so we see the miracle taking place. Mm. And whether it's by natural means or supernatural, we leave that up to you, God. Mm. But we pray a blessing upon everyone hearing this message and that the message will bear fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us today on this broadcast. Thank you for my friends here for joining me and making us a lot better than me just speaking on my own. <laughs> Thank you for that. And uh, we'll see you through the week uh, in all of our different spaces. Remember, we do the, the, the devotionals. We do uh, just different meetings. There's webinars being presented. Keep, keep an eye on our, on our social media and uh, be part of us. And we love you lots. And uh, we continue to pray for you and trust God for his goodness in your life. Amen. 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 Thank you.